Welcome into The Verge, a show which covers the Baltimore Orioles minor leagues. The Verge is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Hello, and thank you for listening to another one of our Top 50 Countdowns. We're here to talk about number 31 in our list, Ryan Watson, right-handed pitcher out of Auburn, undrafted free agent out of the 2020 draft. And we actually have Ryan here with us today to talk about his breakout 2022 season and winning the Orioles minor league pitcher of the year. So first of all, Ryan, thanks for doing this. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so not a lot of people, at least Orioles fans probably know, but you were drafted in the 39th round by the Dodgers. Is that correct? In 2016? What was that yes. process like? Yeah, I was uh, – so my senior year of high school um, kind of came out of nowhere, really. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they took me in the 39th round. It was pretty cool to, uh, you know, see your name scroll across the the computer screen there. And But, uh, you know, I turned it down and went to Auburn, and that led me here. Yeah, what was the deciding factor with that? Just you wanted to go to Auburn, um, like you wanted to experience a college life? or Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, for me personally, I just don't think I was ready uh, at 18 to, you know, pack up all my stuff and move to Arizona, which is where I would have gone with the Dodgers. So I don't think I was, you know, mature physically or mentally for that. I just pack up and move across the country. so that was a big factor um, of of my decision. But then the other factor, you know, of course, I, I loved Auburn. I grew up there and, you know, was, remember going to Auburn games since I was like four years old. So it was a, that was a big dream of mine as well to play for, for Auburn University. Yeah, that's cool. And it's it's interesting point you bring up there, especially coming a, a day or two after the Orioles just signed a bunch of 16, 17-year-old kids out of the uh, Dominican Republic and Venezuela. I'm sure that'll be a, a culture shock to them at some point soon. But so then you go to Auburn and the 2020 draft, the 2020 season in general, just wild. Uh, COVID shuts everything down. There's no minor league season, very little college ball and a shortened draft, five rounds. Obviously, you're undrafted. Uh, first of all, where do you think you would have gone in a normal, I guess, normal now, 20 round, 40 round draft? And what led you to uh, sign with the Orioles out of all the teams? How did they recruit you, and what what did it come down to with your uh, decision? Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's hard to say um, where on on the boards I would have gone. Uh, being a college senior, you know, um, <clears throat> really, you know, I didn't have you know a standalone, just like standout season at Auburn. You know, I was I was out of the pen, you know fairly consistent, I'd say my first three years, but, uh, I did feel like that fourth year, you know, I made some, made some things click and things were starting to roll, uh, you know, right up until when we got shut down. Um, so it's hard to say, uh, especially not having that, that full season, my senior year, but, um, but yeah, you know, we got college, you know, season got canceled. We got shut down. Um, I, I kept throwing, you know, just in 
hopes that either, you know, I'd get picked up or I, or the season, you know, college season would come back or something. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I, I kept training and stuff. And then I think it was like two weeks before the draft, I got a, like the first call from the Orioles. And, you know, I, I didn't, honestly, I had no idea that they knew who I was, you know, at that point. Um, yeah. But uh, it was it was exciting, you know. It was a promising phone call, and it was really one of the the only ones I had. I had a couple other teams reach out, but it was it was obvious that the Orioles really, um, you know, really wanted to give me a shot. And you know, I was really excited to uh, to come to terms, you know, and make an agreement with the Orioles when uh, you know that day came. Yeah, it's great. And I just looking at it now, after a couple more drafts subsequently seems like you fit that mold that they want, you know, a big, tall, right or left-handed pitcher. I don't know if that matters, but with a hoppy fastball, like that seems to be who they go for in like the 10th to 20th round and just, you know, picking out guys who they think they can develop. And clearly they, they thought the rep, that about you. You worked mostly out of the bullpen in 2021 with Delmarvin Aberdeen, same as your college. But at what point did you realize they wanted to uh, to turn you into a starting pitcher and – what was that like? Uh, were you were you encouraging that, or, or whose decision was that? Uh, yeah, it, uh, well, really, my in my first spring training, you know, they they told me, hey, we want to make you into, you know, a starter, and they you know caught me by surprise a little bit, just because I, when I I signed, it, you know, it seemed like I was being signed as, you know, strictly a bullpen piece, but you know, I I did. A little bit of both. Um, I had a couple spots out of the pen, so college didn't uh, was never really up there. So it would be hard, like on the workload side of things, to just jump straight into a uh, starting role, um, which I was fine with. You know, um, filled up. You know, they they were looking out for me and my health, my arm. You know, they did a really good job with that. But this year, it was kind of the same. Uh, same kind of thing, be a scheduled, you know, back in tandem guy uh, to start with. And, you know, I first couple of games went really well. And then one, you know, some, some things happened with the, the rotation that uh, opened up a spot and, you know, I jumped in and, you know, it felt like I never looked back after that, just kind of jumped right in and, and uh, kept going. Yeah, it was a great year for you. You really broke out and really seized the opportunity. And Bowie had a uh, 95 innings about with a 3.41 ERA. And I think John, I think I read in a John Mealy piece that he wrote for uh, Maximizing Playoff Odds that you had a velocity bump. Uh, you increased your velocity from 21 to 22. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's correct. I, I bumped up a couple miles an hour in uh, velo between. Yeah, and. And on on that, like, how mu- how much do you get into the analytics? I know, like, the Orioles really like to do the deep dives with the spin rates and and all that. How 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 do you get into that? Uh, you know, I really just use it as a tool. Um, you know, it's great, and you know, we all love it to look at numbers and see where you compare on certain things. But um, you know, really, I think uh, to maximize it, you just kind of got to use it as a tool. Um, and not get too caught up in it because if you do, you'll kind of, you'll drive yourself crazy trying to reach, you know, certain spins and whatnot. But, uh, 
but yeah, you know, I check it in between starts and see where I was sitting at, um, as far as the metrics and stuff go. Um, and just, it's kind of like a, a tune in, like a checkup to just make sure nothing's, you know, crazy out of whack or something. Um, but I, I feel like if you use it as a tool and then just kind of listen to your, your body, your feels on your pitches and stuff that that's, that's really what works best for me. At least, uh, I'm big on, on being able to feel around the baseball and being able to feel it out front, especially with like off speed and, you know, stuff like that and pitches like that. So it's, for me, I'm, I'm a big feel pitcher. I like to be able to feel what I'm doing. And, uh, if I can't make the feel versus the real lineup, then it's hard for me to get, you know, certain things done. So uh, I really rely on being able to feel the ball. Cool. And and for those who are listening or, or watching that haven't watched you pitch, how would you describe your uh, your repertoire? What's your best off-speed pitch? And, and how do you uh, go about, you know, a lineup? Do you, are you a guy that relies on fastball early? and then bring in the breaking stuff later, mix it all up? Uh, yeah, you know, I would just describe myself as just uh, almost overly competitive guy. You know, I'm going to come at you with, you know, what I think is my best stuff that day, and I'm, I'm not afraid to throw fastballs to, to fastballs, fastball hitters. Um, I'm pretty confident in my ability to, to locate it. Um, as far as strikeouts go – you know, it just depends on, you know, batter to batter. Um, you know, some days slider is working really well. Some days it's the curveball. And then, you know, I, I've been able to strike out a, a good bit of guys with, with what some would say, a, you know, a below, I guess, average in today's game fastball. Um, you know, I'm not blowing it by them at 100, but, you know, it's just the right count, the right timing to – to be able to sneak a fastball by a guy. Um, it, I like doing that a lot and it helps a lot when you've got catchers like we've got in our, in our system behind the dish, you know, they've got a great idea for the game and they know how to call a game. So it's as a pitcher, that's a big, you know, sigh of relief when you've got guys that, that know the game, that know you and that can, that are really good at, at calling games behind the plate. You know, it takes a lot of stress off your shoulders as far as executing a game plan towards a team. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely noticed like you have a bulldog mentality just from watching the the minor league, you know, on the computer, MILB TV, just seems like if you get in any trouble, you'll just buckle down and, and really don't let it really get to you too much. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's, that's accurate. You know, I just, I love to compete and, you know, when, when times get tough, you know, that's, I feel like that's when you, you find out, you know, how good you really are. You know, it's, you know, Tim Hudson told me my uh, last year at Auburn, he's, we were talking about his, uh, <clears throat> during his career, like he said, he'd break it down each start into thirds. So a third of the time he knew he had his best stuff and it was going to be a hard day for the batter. And a third of the time, you know, a couple of things were working and it'd be a little harder, you know, gonna have to, gonna have to work for some outs but you know he'd, he'd be able to get it done and then a third of the time he was telling the bullpen to stay loose walking back to, <laughs> to the dugout after warm-ups but uh he, but he did come around and say you know you know two-thirds of the time you're not going to have your best stuff so that's when you just got to buckle down you know compete you know be a 
be a true competitor and figure it out, you know, on the fly and just figure out how to get outs for the club, for the, for the team. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. That's pretty good. Uh, so when you, you got bumped up to AAA Norfolk late in the season, what you got like 12 innings for 3.65 ERA. Um, what was that like? What was the difference between double A AA and triple A hitters in your opinion, even though it wasn't a, a huge sample size? Yeah, you could definitely tell uh, a difference. You know, there's a, every team you play in triple A's got guys that have been in the big leagues. So it's definitely, it was definitely exciting to get up there and, you know, to be challenged, to face a new challenge. Um, I knew it was going to be going to be different, you know, uh, talent level when you've got guys that have got, you know, some, some of the guys have years of service time, you know, bouncing up and down and whatnot, but uh, you just, the approach is different. You know, you, you're some of your breaking balls that you think are, you know, the best ones you've thrown all day are getting takes and you don't know why when you first get up there and it's just a matter of, you know, these guys have seen thousands of breaking balls in their career and they've seen thousands and thousands of pitches from, from really good pitchers. So it's uh their, their approach is just a little different and uh, strike zone shrinks up a little bit, just, you know, not, not a whole lot, but just a little, uh, but yeah, it's really just, you know, learning how these guys approach each at bat and then just being able to use your best stuff, you know, and go attack and attack them with it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And what did it mean to you to win the Orioles minor league pitcher of the year? I mean, you won Arco pitcher of the year with Justin Armbruster and, and Noah Denoy was up there too. Three, uh, three guys. I think you'd have pretty good odds coming into the season betting wise to win that award with Grayson Rodriguez and DL Hall in the organization. But you guys just rocked it, stayed healthy, and and did really well. What was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, it was it was an honor. You know, it it uh it was just a testament to you know some hard work that I've put in, especially over last off season. You know, I'm, I'm down here in in uh, Tampa now, working out with with my trainer Theo again, and um, throwing pens over at um, Anthony Telford's place. He's got down here. He's a Orioles reliever from the early 90s uh so you know we put in a lot of hard work last off season and you know I, I was feeling really good going into to last season so uh you know I didn't try to you know think about it too like think about it at all really during the season but it was uh it was an honor and it was uh something you know I'll, I'll never forget but I want to use it as a as a building block because you know while it is an honor and it's a great, you know, I'm grateful to receive it. It's, you know, we, we all still want to make it to the big leagues. So, so I want to use it as a, as a stepping stone and as a, as a mark and uh, build off of it and hopefully, you know, be able to achieve the, the end goal. And speaking of which, 2023, pretty good, pretty good chance of that happening here. I, I would expect you start back in AAA Norfolk in the, starting rotation with the likes of Justin Armbruster, Drew Rahm, Noah Denoyer, really solid group of starters uh, going to be a triple A this year and in the bullpen. But what are you doing to prepare yourself for that this offseason? What are you trying to improve? And and is the goal to, to get the call up at some point in 2023? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm working on uh, I'm really just working on sharpening, you know, at 
you know, everything up from uh, from last year. I want, you know, just to shrink the, the spray chart, you, you could say, on, you know, slider, on off-speed, really. Um, you know, just tighten up the groups a little bit and more consistent, especially with the, uh, the slider and the changeup. Uh, those are my two big big keys this off season is really just sharpening those two and building off the curveball and the, the fastball. Um, as far as, you know, what happens this year, I, I have full faith in the front office with the, with the O's and, you know, when the time's right, it's right. And they're, they're going to make the best decision, you know, that they can. And I've, you know, I've all the faith in the world in them and what, uh, that, and they make, you know, the right decision. So it's uh, when the time comes, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll be ready for it. But, uh, you know, until then, it's uh, I, I trust that they're going to, you know, make do what's best for the ball club. That's, you're making these segues easy because I was going to just talk about this front office in general and what they've been able to do over the past few years and just really build one of the best farm systems I've been able to see since I've been following the Orioles or minor league baseball as a whole. Uh, what's it like? day in and day out in here with the, all these talented guys on offense and, and on the mound too. I think it goes underreported the guys that they're developing on the, on the pitching mound too. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome because, you know, as my college coach would say, you know, iron, iron sharpens iron. So when you go to work every day and you got some of the best guys and all of, you know, minor league baseball, you know, in the same clubhouse, you know, you can, you, you can learn a lot and you know if you pick the brains of some of these guys and just talk ball then you can really learn a lot if you uh, take advantage of that and really you know use it you know to your to your advantage you know because a lot of the guys i mean we all do it in there you know we're all talking ball we're all talking shop you know so it's it's uh it's re it's a really neat atmosphere to be around you know a lot of guys that are are really good at what they do and are, you know, really good at their craft and uh, just be able to bounce ideas off of, you know, a handful of guys is, it's awesome, especially, you know, when they're, <clears throat> you're all just competing for the same goal. That's just to, you know, help the big league team win one day, like be a, be a just be able to help the O's. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, you know, the 2020 draft was so weird with being only five rounds and a bunch of guys were undrafted free agents, obviously. T.T. Um, Bowens, J.D. Mundy, you, uh, was Shane Davis, I believe, was in your class. You know, it seems like when these draft classes come together, they kind of form a bond. And I was wondering if with 2020 being so odd, was what were you able to form a bond with the guys that came in that at that time or did you make friends with some other guys from other draft classes? Uh, yeah. I mean, we still were able to form a bond, you know, we were still doing it. We did some like zoom call stuff, uh, you know, bonding exercise type things with the, with uh, the draft class that year. Um, and actually some of the other guys from previous draft classes as well, just to kind of get us, you know, acclimated, I guess you could say to, to uh, all the guys, uh, throughout the system but uh but yeah i mean pretty much showed up for our first spring training we kind of all knew you know who each other were so it was kind of like we we'd known each other for a while but it was the first time we'd all ever you know hung out in person so it uh it was it was cool to finally be able to, to see everybody in person and 
you know, start working together and stuff. Um, but, but yeah, you know, it was a good, a good mix of guys that from that draft class and, uh, even, you know, some of the guys from the previous draft classes, you know, we're all pretty close. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I'll end with a fun one. Um, all right. The game's on the line and you have to face the Baltimore Orioles prospect team, which, which, uh, what are the top three guys you don't want to face with the game on the line at the plate? That's a tough question because that, there's a lot, of, you know, they <laughs> all real well. Um, geez, that, that's a good question. I think the, the, you know, one of the obvious ones, Gunner, does he count? Yeah, gotta be right. Yeah, we can count him. We yeah. can count him, but uh, Norby, he was, I mean, you could just go down. You can make three teams out of guys I wouldn't want to face. <laughs> right, or, But, uh, I mean, Norby's was crushing the ball all years. Westberg, he had an outstanding year as well at the plate. You know, Kowser, Prieto, those guys don't like to get out, it seems like. So, I mean, there's a handful of guys, but, you know, I – I think since I started, you know, with the playing with the in the Orioles organization last year, with I started in Delmarva with Gunner, and you could hear the wind on his bat coming from the dugout, and I was like, "That hey, guy's got some speed," and he's done nothing but prove it. So, yeah, well, I think the Orioles fans are in for a treat over the next few years as as the as you guys start hitting the hitting the majors and, and making your impact known. We saw it a little bit with. Stowers, Adley, Gunner this past year. Bradish had a great year. And uh, I think you're going to be a big part of that as well. And we're looking forward to it. And thanks again for joining us on this podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's an exciting time to be an Orioles fan, an Orioles player. Absolutely agree. Thanks, Ryan. Yep. That'll do it for this week's episode of On The Verge. Be sure to check out our Patreon page where you can help show your support for the show and get bonus content, including monthly top 50 updates to our prospect list and daily game recaps during the season and much, much more.